You're very welcome, everyone, to the Locker Room Podcast with Daily Sports Science. Um, myself, Barry Milan, and down manager Rowan Sheen is joining us. How are you getting on, Rowan? Not too bad. Not too bad, Barry. Can't complain now, I have to say. With the weather it is, it's uh, great. <laughs> oh, yeah. But great hurling weather. Great hurling weather, isn't it? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, what we're going to talk about tonight is um, like the like Stevie Poacher and Kevin Mulcahy and Mark Doran discussed on the football podcast, uh, with, you know, tactical trends, and we're going to focus mm-hmm. on what are we seeing. So uh, maybe we'll just talk about the weekend first, just gone, Ronan. Um, I must say, I, I, I backed Galway and Clare, um, both, both just lost out by a whisker. What, what did you think of it? Yeah, look, both both really, really, really good games. To be fair, I expect both those teams to win as well. So I kind of came out on the wrong side of it. Um, two quite different games in one way. Um, you know, I think the the physical exchanges were probably a lot greater in, in Munster. Part of that possibly was maybe just with the way the crowd were feeding into that. I think you know the the, the game in Croke Park was an excellent game, but it was strange, you know, in terms of crowd participation or lack of because there only was about 22 23,000 there um but you know if you look at the monster final first um you know very very entertaining game although you know as as Dalo said at half time probably full of mistakes as well if that makes sense whether that be tension or whatever the case may be there were probably a lot of 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 mistakes and indeed you know when you look at some of Claire's shooting stats you'd say you know definitely they possibly left the game behind them. You know, probably I think a couple of things when you look at the game um, from, a, I suppose, a tactical point of view, you know, as we were just chatting before we went live there, you know, Claire were trying to play that long ball into Peter Duggan and, and, and working, you know, Tony Kelly and others off it. Probably didn't get an awful lot of joy off that to any great degree. While at the far end, you know, Limerick definitely isolated Aaron Galan up front for that cross field ball. And it worked perfectly for them. You know, we probably got one four, one five from play, and uh, gave young uh, Kane thing gave him an awful time, really. You know, and in, in many ways, you know, although to be fair, I think, you know, with the amount of space that was created in front of Galan, his marker was just on a hiding to nothing anyway. You know, the perfect ball was going into the forward, etc. But you know, Clare um, did so much right, and yet came out of the wrong side of it. I think they'd be very, very disappointed. Um, you know, probably with, with with not at least bringing it to extra time, um, but I think you know they 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 probably were masters of their own their own destiny or their own downfall with the number of wides that they hit and and indeed even the number of balls they hit short. Barry, like they were probably they hit five or six short, which at, six. at that level is 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 pretty criminal, really. You know, and they they um they also in the first half when they were on top, they probably butchered two or three chances of scores. Um, where they got nothing out of them, didn't even get points out of them, um, which probably was was in in hindsight was probably the killer for them, you know. Yeah. Um, like the just the dropping six short. Um, we talk about tactical trends we're seeing. Mm. You know, um, I, I think it was when we played it was elite Ronan. We dropped an yeah. off short in the Roland, and he murdered us. And like the last thing we do was give the ball short to Nicky Quaid to start attacks. Yeah. You know, it's, it's it's criminal stuff, like isn't it? Yeah, uh, well, you see, that, that's part of the problem. When you drop a ball short at 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 that level, you know, particularly Liam McCarthy level, never mind McDonough Cup level, you know, you're giving the the other team a platform to build from. While you know, at least the, even if the ball goes wide, I go, you know, if it goes dead, you at least have a chance to set up and get into your structure from a puck out perspective but when yeah. you hit a ball short generally you'll have pushed up your guys will be slightly out of position so to speak and you're exposed then and a good team will expose you because they'll effectively use their their uh, their goalkeeper almost like a quarterback and, a, and someone like Nicky Quaid as well able to do that ping the ball out to the side you know and, and indeed you know you can see that from some of their scores they get the ball out to the wing get the width on it and then get the ball up front in front of Galan or whatever so you know Claire. Brian Lowen will be very frustrated by that because I've no doubt that they'll have said during the week, you know, don't hit the ball into their hands, let's put the ball dead, you know. Yeah, um, and they yeah. failed to do that in six critical, critical occasions, you know. Yeah. Just on um like one of the, the trends that we've seen over the years at Hurling was the was the, the use of a sweeper or a seven defender. Mm. And I I thought 
Sunday, like John Conlon was magnificent. And from where I was standing, right, I was I was right behind. Uh, I was in the the Limerick Terrace, right, and uh, in the second half, Conlon was outstanding. But I was watching the Sunday game, and they they showed the space in front of Key Nolan, Naren Gillan, and I felt sorry for Key Nolan. From I, I was the same with everybody else going. Why haven't they made that change? But the amount of space in front of it reminds me of 2016. Do you remember when Shamie Callan took? Yeah. Joey Holden for nine from play, but he had oceans of space. So yes. was and I, and then go back to what I said there, John Connor, how he's outstanding. Yeah. But you know, was it was the onus on him to be play, Was he supposed to be playing in front of that to protect Keen Nolan? Yeah, well, well, is, he is, just, he, is he just like is he a quarterback now rather than a sweeper? Maybe, yeah, well, it's an interesting, it's an interesting thing because I think to be fair, Limerick probably you know, played that very well because Reedy kind of brought him out of that central position at times as well, you know, and, and he got a couple of points from play, Reedy, as well, you know, and while Conlon got on a lot of ball, you know, that's always your danger if your centre-back, you know, if your centre-back plays a lot of ball, but actually his man also plays a lot of ball, or indeed the middle is wide open, then, you know, what happens? Because Cork fell into that problem for a couple of years with Mark Coleman where he was playing lovely ball and when he was on the ball, it was brilliant. But the middle was still wide open, you know, and, yeah. and, and, and they were still being exposed, you know. So, you know, it takes great discipline to play that kind of, and, and indeed a lot of time and, and practice to play that kind of sweeper protector role perfectly. Yeah. You know, now the danger when you do that and you do try and sit and, and protect against the ball inside the Galan is that Limerick have such an ability to move the ball around that kind of, let's say, the middle six, middle eight to get the ball to a free man, to get it to a shooter, and they just put it out over the bar, put, put it over your head and over the bar, which then forces the six to push out and come, you know, and to 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 to, to leave that zone inside. And, you know, this is where sometimes teams are trying to emulate the tactics they see on the television or they might see Waterford do it or they might see Clare do it or Limerick. But you have to have the tools at your disposal yeah. to pull it off successfully. And, you know, I, I would... Um, I would argue that this, you know, and I think most people would, would agree, is that this is a very special Limerick team on the basis that whatever you, way you want to hurl, they'll hurl against you. You know, if you yeah. want to, if you want to kind of push up on them, well, then they have the ability to go long as they showed either the ball in front of Galan or indeed mm. the ball directly into Flanagan. You know, they've got they've got every tool in their in their armory. If you decide that you're going to protect against that ball inside to Flanagan and Galan. What they'll do is that they'll ping the ball across the field until they get the, the man free. And every one of their, you know, has there been a better striker of the ball from halfback than Dermot Burns? Probably not. You know, yeah. Burns, you know, Declan Hannan, Kyle Hayes, you know, O'Donoghue, who, 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 who would be probably the, the in inverted commas, the, the, the least likely to score, but still well able to hurt. You know, Morrissey, you know, um, Reedy, Haggerty. You give any of those boys the ball 70 yards out from goal and they'll put it over the bar, yeah. you know, eight times out of 10, you know. Yeah. And that, you know, like what will frustrate Claire is that this was one of the very few games, Barry, in the last four or five years that I can remember where Limerick were actually outshot, if that makes sense. So Claire had more shots than Limerick. There's very, yeah. there's very yeah. rarely you end up having more shots than Limerick. Limerick are a team that shoot on site almost at times, you know. Um, but they have that, like Conlon was left in that stick or twist situation whereby did he stay in front of Galan um, yeah. and protect or did he allow his man to pick up four or five points? Because Reedy got two great points to play and if Conlon hadn't have pushed out the field the way he did, Reedy probably would have ended up with five or six points to play and we'd have been talking about David Reedy scoring not six from play and while it mightn't have left Galan get one four or whatever, it probably would have evened out in terms of the overall scoring stakes. Do you, do you not think that maybe that's the chance you take? Because, like, I suppose like, hurling 101 now, I think, is like, you need to mark Tony Kelly if you're playing him. Mm. You know, give him a roll, right? Two, if you're playing against Tip, you don't need Noel McGrath wander around the place. Yeah. And, and he, he'll do the... He does, and he'll find passes and chill in with scores. And three is you don't leave space in front of Aaron Gillan. Oh, take your oh. chances and I just I just thought like I couldn't I couldn't I couldn't believe the space it was hard to see the space in the first half from my vantage point but in the second half um 
Like it was just, it was the winner of the game. Yeah, it was. But, you know, I think, I think you've also, you've also got to give credit to, like, Galan is a fantastic hurler, you know, on the basis that Sean Donahue did very well against him, again, against Cork. But if you think about it, like he still set up a goal and he still won the penalty that day. And he won them off of high balls. Now you can talk all about, you know, was the penalty, you know, yeah. what, you know, but but look, let, let's be honest about that penalty. It could have gone either way, right? Mm. No, it wasn't black or white either way, you know. So, you know, and it's a difficult one for James Owens, you know. But if you even look at and the high ball he got, yeah, you can talk about that he played it, but leaving that to leaving those kind of nuances to one side, the reality is that he's showing that in the game against Cork, you can hit the ball in long into him and high, and he will, you know. Invariably, with a sure of ball, or if you try and defend against that and you leave space in front of him, he'll win it as well. You know, yeah, like that. That's very, very hard to mark a man. Like you know yourself, Bart. Generally, most forwards either want the ball in front of them, or they prefer a ball in high. You know that kind of way. You know, they're one of two types of players. Galan is a player who, in many ways, you can hit the ball into him any which way, and he'll make a fair fist of it, and that makes him very, very difficult. To mark, and it makes it very, very difficult to plan to to nullify him as best they can. Now, in saying that, you know, if Clare had taken their chances, and if you know, even if they got the free at the end to bring it to extra time, you know, we probably wouldn't be talking about Aaron yeah. Galan as much. You know, like you know, to the victors goes the spoils a wee bit. If, if that makes sense, you know, Brilliant. I think the bit that surprised everybody by was probably just how long Kane Nolan was was left exposed at. You know, without yeah. any kind of change. Because to be fair to Shane Amore when he came on, he probably made a better fist of it. Now, whether that was because he was just fresher and you know he he had he had more energy in the legs at that stage or whatever the case may be. But certainly when he came on, I thought Kenny Galan's kind of influence was nullified a wee bit, although it also coincided with when Clark started to take over a wee bit in the in, yeah, in the true. game. Well. And if you if you look back and I know we're focused on the most of the championship, um but mm. um just in terms of tactical trend, do you think, did you see any difference between the way teams set up against Limerick this year? Like, if you take it, Waterford, you know, they, they struggled against Waterford first game. I think, I don't know what the score was. Did, did Limerick win by, it was a couple of points, was it? Yeah, two or three points in the yeah, end. Yeah, then they were beaten by a point, draw, and won their last two by a point. So, mm. there's definitely a gap closing. Is it, Limit coming back, or do you think it, there's, there's different tactical setups? Like I, I heard so who was talking about it yesterday. It was someone like they were forcing, I think it was on Dalo's podcast, they were forcing Burns to defend mm. rather than, you know, he, he's not really been as prolific. I know he was excellent, it was against Cork, but yeah, not as prolific this year. So, are, do you see teams setting up differently? This I, think, year? I think teams are pushing up on them more. You know, I, I think they are. I think they are kind of realising that, that if you sit off Limerick then you're you're going to get crucified in around that middle eight of course the danger is that you know you push on the man a man then you leave the space inside so to speak because Limerick tend to come very very deep with everybody you know and they leave maybe 30-40 yards in front of Flanagan and kind of and and and, and Galan you know because Hegarty and, and Morrissey and these guys can be playing you know they're all, they're almost like midfielders as opposed to the wing forwards and and in, in many ways. But I definitely think look, you know, teams have teams have adapted to Limerick style. I think teams are better conditioned to meet the physical challenge that Limerick bring as well. And I think, you know, Limerick are a wee bit like Kilkenny a number of years ago, where because of their physicality, people tend to overlook just how good a hurlers they are as well. You know, like just because Geroid Hegarty's a big, big man doesn't mean he can't hurl. You know, he's an excellent hurler. You know, the same way that, you know, Dermot Burns is, is very physically imposing. I think the difference this year is that teams have possibly decided there's no way you're going to beat this Limerick team if you take a backward step, you know, and they are trying to front up to Limerick in the physical stakes. Like, even to the extent that, you know, I think we saw a very different approach from Cork this year in terms of their physicality against 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 Limerick. You know, um, I also think to to Limerick's credit is that, you know, they are very much probably on a similar trend to to that Kilkenny team of a four in a row. And, you know, when all great teams are on the road for a long time, they are going to have periods where they do start to slip back into the pack, both in terms of their own hunger, how long they've been on the road, the, the, the miles on the clock, and then other teams raising their game because everybody wants to beat Limerick. It's the scalp that everybody's after. 
So, you know, teams are kind of, and teams are going out very directly to, let's say, um, target individuals or stop individuals from playing. So, you know, we're not seeing Garoid Hagerty be as, as big an influence this year as he has been in other years, but that's because teams are going out directly to stop him from being that influence. And I think the beauty of this Limerick team is that, you know, if you stop one or two players on any particular day, somebody else will generally step up to the to the plate and, and deliver, you know. So, you know, Galan, what did he get? One, one, four, one, five on 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 Sunday, you know, um in previous games it's been Tom Morrissey has kept them alive, mm. so to speak. In other games it's been Seamus Flanagan, you know. So, you know, that's the difficulty, you know, you you sometimes when you're trying to plan how to stop a team, you'll say to yourself, right, for Claire, you know, we're gonna man mark Tony Kelly. You know, if you go out and you're gonna take it from uh, a Limerick perspective, you'll say, right, we're gonna man mark Aaron Galan. But you know, what happens with Garoid Haggerty then? Or what happens with Seamus Flanagan? Or what happens to Tom Mora? You know, so they I think they just have more star quality hurlers at the minute in their forward line, mm. which makes it a lot more difficult to get your matchups right. And to get enough of your matchups to get to get you over the line, so to speak. But I do think there's definitely been signs that they are coming back into the pack. But I think that's a combination both of teams, you know, improving with their physicality and their conditioning to match Limerick's physicality. But also, I think a wee bit of Limerick just naturally probably coming downward from the from the absolute, you know, uh, heights that they were at. Uh, probably yeah. eight months ago was probably their peak. You know. I suppose you are going to come back into the pack a little bit if you're missing Sean Finn and, and Keane Lynch yeah. injury, aren't you? You know, so um, absolutely, yeah, um, yeah, brilliant. Um, so like, do you think just getting away from Limerick maybe in general? Are you seeing mm. more maybe man on man hurling rather than more defensive a defensive approach? Is it just I just I just found that there's been a bit more of that this year. It's not not just go out and hurl. I mean, there are defensive responsibilities and defensive. An attacking plays, if you like, but do you think there's more? It's more man on man stuff. Or have you seen? Yeah, well, I think it depends a wee bit on teams, so to speak. You know, and what I mean by that is that you know, if you look at the McDonough Cup final, for example, you know, like you and I, you and I wouldn't have been surprised by what happened in the McDonough Cup final because you know, all through the year, it's very obvious that Carlo were the one team with the ability to win their own ball up front. You know, if you, if you, you know, literally, I remember saying to Tom Mullally when we came off the pitch in, in Ballycran that day, kind of saying to him, look, you know, these aren't going to be far away because nobody else has that ability to win their own ball. Like, you know, Marty Kavanagh or, you know, James Doyle or Chris Nolan, you know, and that, that that's what proved Paddy it. Boland. Yeah. yeah. And, and Paddy Boland, you know, that's what happened in the, in, yeah. in the McDonough Cup final. You know, they, 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 you know, Offaly probably had more shots. Offaly probably played the ball round um, in, 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 a, in a nicer vein, in inverted commas. But Carlo had that ability that at times they just had to hit the ball up the field and they knew that eight times out of ten, you know, John Michael Nolan even would get his hand, you know, they would get their hands on the ball. And, you know, that's that's interesting because, you know, if you think about where Carlo play or, or the Carlo clubs play a lot of their hurling, play a lot of their hurling in Kilkenny, of course, you know, in terms of, you know, where St Mullins and, and Mount Leinster Rangers are. And that's very much a Kilkenny trait, the ability of forwards to win their own ball, you know. Um, and, you know, Kilkenny, and you saw that Sunday a wee bit, you know, Kilkenny are now starting to mix the, the their ability to win their own ball with working the ball up through the lines, you know. And they got a couple of goals there on on Sunday where it was old-style Kilkenny get the ball in and and, and the ball's won and, and, and dished off. And Martin Kogan got a great goal. But then you look at Walter Walsh's goal, um, and uh, Kane Kenny's or not Kane Kenny who was who got the goal um, Kerry what's the goal Butler Mikey Butler got the goal yeah you know and that was that was just kind of two three passes the ball worked work through the hands and then the, you know so so teams are starting to to to, to mix it up and, and I think that is the the critical bit for me Barry is that you know if you're one dimensional in what you do either in terms of working through the lines or in terms of going along then teams will catch on to you and teams will will nullify you. But if you have the ability to to mix things up, then you know you're leaving both your team, your your you're you're leaving your opponents guessing in terms of how you're going to line up, how you're going to play the game, and how they need to try and nullify that. And you're also kind of just bringing that X factor to it, whereby well, what's going to happen next, so to speak, as opposed to well, we know they're going to move it very deliberately through the lines. And um, and you know what was interesting on. 
on Sunday when you looked at the, the, the game on Croke Park, you know, Galway, Galway kind of, you know, shot some nice points, got right back into the game, you know, as, as it proved or whatever. But, you know, they remain very reliant on Conor Whelan in terms of winning ball and driving forward and creating scoring opportunities, so to speak. Um, and, you know, probably from their perspective, they're going to need to find another Conor Whelan at least, you know, before they really push on and win all Ireland, I think. You know, I think they're, they're, they're maybe one one killer forward short of, of, of what they need to to get, you know, and, and I think they, they if, if you look at how they were trying to play ball in at times, as opposed to, you know, what Kilkenny are able to do, it's very different. You know, if the ball wasn't hit in, you know, 70-30 into the Galway man, they didn't win too many of them on Sunday. Like, you know? Yeah, yeah. I, I, what I'm seeing is, um, I think it's, we're going kind of a bit of both, like we're, we're going... <laughs> It's man and man, it's kind of not launch it, but lots of long ball. It was great to see, but yes. there's also a bit of playing through the lines. I think ominously for everyone else, I think Kenny are are starting to figure this one out. Like the goal, Mikey Butler's goal was classic Kenny and new Kenny, you know, David Blanchfield's catch, you know, just yep. reminiscent of, of Tommy one of Tommy Welch's catches, but it's a corner back running up, like you said, a few passes and uh geez was some finish as well. You know, I mean, Eddie, oh, Eddie Brennan would have, would have been proud of that one, you know. Yeah, yeah, fantastic finish. But but yeah, but 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 I think you know, the it's a long ball, but a long ball of purpose, Barry. If that makes yeah. sense, you know, you know. So you know, if you go back into the eighties and you watch the long ball, the cornerback got it. They just hammered it up the field as hard and as far as he could. You know, I think when the when 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 the ball's been hit long now. Uh, eight times out of ten, it's been hit with a purpose in terms of targeted at a particular player. You know, you don't see a long ball hit into the corner to a man at five foot five or five foot six or whatever. You know, if they're directing a long ball in, you know, it's either hit in front of a player into space, or if it's hit high, it's hit into a player with a proven ability to win ball. And I think that's the one big thing that Kilkenny have alongside Limerick is that, you know, they give the, in the McCarthy Cup. They, ha- they give their backline that option of that long ball and the fact that whatever else happens, if that forward doesn't win the ball, it sure the hell isn't coming out easy again. Yeah. You know, that's the one thing you can be guaranteed about, you know, that it's, it's not going to be worked out easily in stages. Um, but I think that uh, that kind of, and I think that's, that's adding to the entertainment value this year as well, if you know what I mean, because, you know, there was a danger for a while, Barry, that the game was going to become you know, a wee bit like basketball because of people's yeah. ability to strike the ball over the bar from 80, 90 yards, particularly when people were using short puck outs so much, you know, that people were almost getting the ball to what we all refer to as the platform and just zipping it over the bar, you know. Yeah. And there's not lot, there's not an awful lot of entertainment in that when that's happening 60 times in a match, for example, you know, that kind of way. Well, yeah. actually, this kind of long ball that has purpose but leads to both contests and winning ball under pressure, I think leads to a higher entertainment value as well. And it's probably what people love most about Ireland in many ways, you know? Yeah. Yeah, it was probably kind of a, a natural progression there into this this kind of Ireland. It's, it's a, I won't say look, it's not perfect, but um, I, you're right, it's definitely more enjoyable uh, yeah. to watch. Um, look, I suppose the next thing I want to speak of long balls, right, and <sighs> Um, puck outs, um, puck out strategies. Um, I was sitting when I was in, I was at the, the tip water match and uh, first half, and what I saw was Waterford right withdrawing everybody outside the 45 for their puck outs, right? And um, I know, I, I know, I, I know, I had a heart attack, Barry, as you know, if that was yeah. happening, <laughs> but. In this particular game, only it confused the hell out of him and worked because what was happening was that the the water keeper was hooking it out to to a man in the part between forty five and sixty five, or as as uh, as Sully would call it, those high percentage zones, mm. and Waterford were able to pick out uh, a killer pass into into Jesse Hutchinson, or was a Bennett inside, yeah. whereas when Tip went. Short, it was just launched, big high ball, hanging ball, which gives time for defenders to set. 
wind breaking ball, it can crowd out the area, right? Um, or when tip or when Waterford went short, so they went maybe the bottom man inside 45, but they were still able to pick out that pass and it just confused the hell out of tip. And now tip didn't hurl well for whatever reason on the day. But I just want to ask you about puck out and puck out strategies. Are we seeing, um, I suppose you did mention it briefly there, are we seeing a change in strategy? maybe this season where it's it's not all short are they going back to longer puckouts or what are you seeing yeah yeah look i think i think again it's very much a combination of things you know like it's 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 and it comes down to the tools at your disposal so to speak you know like you know you, you know yourself like without giving it because it's, it's not a public secret from our perspective you know like if you want the ball moved out of our own defence from a down perspective, we try and give it to CT or you give it to J, you know, and, and a man that's going to carry the ball and, and is comfortable on the ball, you know, um, you give it to some other boys and the reality is that their first instinct is almost to hit it because mm. they're not comfortable on that ball, you know, like we, like, and to be fair, um, you know, we, 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 last year, the day that we, we played West Meave in the league final, you know, West Meave had clearly watched what we had done against them in the league match and they almost, you know, left one of our players free because they were always like give the ball to him you know mm. we're happy for him to get the ball because we know he'll not be as comfortable carrying that ball or whatever and you can see that with teams sometimes the teams are literally kind of leaving a guy free that they that they 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 feel is is least comfortable on the ball and that's where and when you're lining out a team at this level now you need to be almost sure that every player you have is comfortable on the ball because they all have to be an option to take the ball and to carry the ball um if you're gonna if, if you're gonna work that that short puck out. I think the other bit is that you're now finding that it's it's that ball in the in the space. And what I mean in the space that it may be a long ball, but it's not a long ball by to to a stat to a man who's standing statically. If you know what I mean, yeah. they're moving they're moving onto a ball that's driven eighty yards, and it's 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 taken. If you if you watch any of the goalkeepers now, and you watch the goalkeepers of twenty years ago. And in terms of where they hit the ball, it's hard to show in the podcast. But if you think about goalkeepers in the past, by they almost would have hit the ball down low and tried to loop the ball, you know, at, to get the distance. Well, if you watch the Nicky Quaid's now or the Patrick Collins or whatever, it's very much from the show, you know, it's from yeah. that shoulder and it's that lower trajectory. It's still going 70, 80 yards, but it's taken a lot less time to travel that distance. So as a consequence, the player, the forward is able to get onto it or the midfielder is able to get onto it. So, you know, there's no doubt that teams are going longer, but again, it's going longer with purpose as opposed to what you would have seen 20 years ago where the ball was literally hit as hard as it could and everybody got underneath it and flailed as hard as they could. The defenders yeah. batting the forwards trying to, you know, pull it on or whatever the case may be. Um, and it is trying to identify and expose those pockets of space for players to run into. And it's not as basic as bunch and break or any of that, you know, that kind of way. But it is it is probably a step up from that. And that is probably a, an indication of the amount of time and effort that is going on, that is going into preparation now in county teams in terms of video analysis, identifying opportunities where the puckouts can land, identifying where you can uh, hurt your your opponents or where you feel that your opponents are weakest and trying to put you know build a puck out strategy to gain uh possession on 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 that you know because in many ways you know you could have a very good retention percentage on your puck outs particularly short puck outs but actually does it lead to a shot you know and, and in some ways i think that's the that is the critical bit for me you know how many of the puck outs that you retain actually ended up in a shot, either successful or not, yeah. you know? And I think you see a lot of those long puckouts now are actually ending up in shots mm -hmm. or shot opportunities, which means that they are effective puckouts. Yes, you may lose three out of 10 of them or four out of 10 of them. So your 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 puckout retention may only be six out of 10, but you might end up with, with four shots out of that six. Well, if you think back to working the ball out from the back, you may retain eight, nine of the balls working out the back, but you still may only get the same shot opportunity. You may only still get shots out of four out of 10 of them or five out of 10 mm -hmm. of them or whatever the case may be. But the thing is, it's a lower risk because it's further from your goal. 
Um, so you know, teams are are looking to build to build that in because I think it becomes very easy as a as a defence if you know that every single time your opponents are going to go short because effectively you'll let them go short up to a certain part of the field and then you'll pressure and that pressure then means that they're left with the 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 decision of do they try and play a cross field ball to somebody the 30 yard pass or do they invariably go long into the crowded zone where the where the defending team has has the uh, has the advantage you know but i think that you know when you look at these puck out strategies when you look at anything by from an intercounty perspective you know and and and, and teams and and club teams trying to replicate it. You know, one of the things I would say to anybody watching this is, you know, have you got the tools in your armory? Yeah. Get this, you know, just because it works for Liverpool. Because it's like a wee bit like everybody, when Donegal won the football all Ireland a number of years ago, everybody tried to play like Jim McGuinness. But the reality was this, not every team had a Carl Lacey. Not every team had an Anthony Thompson. Not every team had a Michael Murphy up front. Mm. So, but him, you know, you didn't have the tools to actually, you know, pull that, that strategy off successfully. Yeah. You know, so that's one of the things that I would always caution people to say, like, you know, a lot of very good intercounty teams that are building their puck out strategy on the tools at their disposal. Without a doubt, yeah. I mean, the keeper could have the ball in his hand like 45 times in a match. Oh, yeah. Isn't that, you know, and like it makes sense to, to practice it. I know that the lads on the, the football podcast we're talking about Sean Patton and Rory Began and their their ability to hit hit a player on the run and you know we're, we're seeing that like the, the best teams in, in the hurling championship that they're able to as you said find that space uh, but they're spending time on it like, like we we spent a lot of time on on puck outs didn't we and we spent yes. like running into space and, and it worked we just couldn't put the ball over the bar <laughs> was the problem for a long you know we, yeah. we our conversion was quite most- poor yeah, you look at the, you look at the, you know, like we, we had that problem all year where our conversion percentage was really, was really low at times and it was very frustrating. And then you look at the kind of the last game we played and our, you know, look at our puck out retention that day and the ball, the balls that were being hit by Viper that were working perfectly. And yet the difference was, of course, that our shooting percentage was way up that day. And it, and yeah. it, it, it all went right. It all, it all looked beautiful um, for want of a better word. But yeah, look, look, you know, if you're going to do those things, it does take time and effort and practice and practice and practice. Um, but I do think that there is a big part there around teams are are adapting to what they have available to them, so to speak, you know, and that's always going to be at the minute, you know, you know, and certainly has been Cork's Achilles heel has been that inability to, that the ball has to be perfect almost for them to win puck outs, so to speak, you know. Um, they clearly didn't have that same problem in the under 20s because they have a very they had a physical advantage which they used well and they had a number of players that could put their hand up and win ball but that, and, and, that, and, that, and until they get that in the senior team then I think Cork are going to continue to struggle to, to get over the line you know because sometimes you just need that ability by to, to flake the ball down the field either from a puck out to relieve pressure or even just a clearance and the fact that you know that somebody's going to put their hand up and you know at least two at least Five times out of ten, they're going to catch it. Or going yeah, to I, I, I hope, I hope Chip win not Ireland soon because they, these Cork boys, they're coming on and fellas like Ben uh, Cunningham. You know, uh, I know, I know Ben O'Connor is is gone to monster, and that that's disappointing mm. from a Cork point of view. But like he's a monster of a young fella. But uh, yeah, it's only a matter of time, in my opinion. It's only a matter. Yeah, of time. yeah. Like, like if you know, mate, like, it's probably a wee bit. It's probably a wee bit off topic, but it's not either. By you know, like we're talking about tactics, you know. I think it's a very prevalent thing in the in, in hurling now at the moment, and it's that tackle that's leading to the head high tackles and the and the fronting mm. up, so to speak. Um, and it's definitely it's a definitely tackle. Like we, we we're all telling our men to to front up for want of a better word and to use their body and and all of that kind of stuff. But the reality is this, you know, like you you and I both saw it this year with Declan McCartney getting that bad that bad concussion against Offaly, and um, yeah. you know, like. It, it is fraught with danger, that type of tackle. And it's becoming more and more common in in, um, in, in Ireland. Now, there's no doubt the day of the, the under-20 final, I was obviously down at it. And, you know, it was hard to see it as in the middle of the field. Like, clearly, I was very biased in shouting that it wasn't a red card. Hmm. But, you know, when you saw it back on, on, on the yeah. on the TV that night, Barry, it was a red card all day. Like, you know, like and, yeah. and, and you know, he, 
he definitely caught the the, the awfully player high. You know, but if you look at it this year, you know, you've had, you know, you've had Flanagan's tackle on Bennett. You know, you've had um, the tackle on, on Barrett in the in the game against against um, against Tip. You know, you've had that instance there of of of, of Kingston. You know, you had Shamey Harden. He's won last year. It was a Burke that, that that caught him mm. there as he was going. You know, and um, you know, there's been loads of instances of that. You know, and you know, there's a tactic now in Hurland to to hit hard and to use your body and to to almost go into the almost yeah. into the chest. And you can see it even on Sunday with that Tony Kelly one where where Casey caught him right and the you know right in the chest and 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 for me that was a foul all day. Um, so that's very clearly a tactic of teams to front up and use their bodies in that in that in that shape and form. But I do think that it's something that's fraught with danger on the basis that I think we're going to get one of these tackles really, really badly wrong soon. And I think someone's yeah, got I mean, a serious head or a concussion injury out of it. It seems to be like like when I see players like those tackles you mentioned, Jamie Flanagan's one, uh Ronan Maher's one uh down in the park, you know, Casey's one there and uh, on Tony Kelly, like you said, the loads. I don't think they're. I think they're going out to, not to hurt, but no, no. to make make it make their presence felt. They yeah. want to legitimately shoulder someone, but mm. but they're not getting sanctioned. Like Richie Hogan paid the ultimate price. The ultimate but price. He went, you know, he went to be physical on Cahill Barrett that day, and he missed, and he yeah. was punished rightly so, in my opinion. But he didn't go to doom, you no. know. And but he ultimately he got an elbow into the face, Cahill, and went down and. You know, Richie Hogan's a tough man, a strong man. Oh, so yeah. He hits it, you're going to go down. And I don't know what happened in between that. Like, you could, I'd say there should have been a red card every match. Yeah. In, in and, 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 and like, you know, like we, you know, we, we, we've someone in our, you know, like you know yourself, the way CT tackles, like, he's very close to the edge at times. You know, and he, he has a tendency to tackle like that, you know, and, and, and to hit like that. And, you know, if, if, if he's on your team, you're loving it. In inverted commas, mm. you know, and, and and those kind of guys are the are are, are the fans' favorite because of, of their physicality and how they're hitting, etc. And and the physicality they bring to the game. But I just think it's something that the GA, you know, need to take a serious kind of uh, view on. You know, because for me, it's a far bigger issue than the hand pass. Like I get that the hand pass is an irritant to people in terms of you know um, people not hand passing correctly and it. Is it a true ball or whatever the case may be? I think this kind of tackling, the consequences mm-hmm. if it, if it's got wrong, are far more serious. You know, yeah. but will, they, like, will they will they Because I mean, mm-hmm. it's very hard. It's very hard to referee it. Like, oh, massively. Like, so, like refs, but they're not banning retrospectively. Like Shamey Flanagan yeah. didn't get any sanction during the game, which meant he could have been. And this is an limiting, by the way. I mean, this, no, this no, everybody. But it just this, but this, this is an example of that. He wasn't carded, so he could have been punished, and it was deemed okay. I mean, there was nothing okay about that. No, no, but and, and I think the danger, Barry, is that if you know, if you think about the level of conditioning that inter county players have now and their ability to sustain knocks like that, right, and to take knocks like that, but you bring that into a club game whereby people are watching what's happening on the television, even at underage, in terms of under 15 and under 17, they're watching that and saying, well, that's the way you tackle because I saw, you know, Shamey Hardley do it on, on, uh, on Sunday in the Sunday game, or I saw kind of you know Ronan Maher do it or whatever the case may be. So why wouldn't I do it? And they come in and they absolutely clean out some young fella at under fifteen or under seventeen, yeah. And um, you know who's not prepared for it and walks straight. It, ha- it, it happened. Know, it happened in the All Ireland minor semi final this year. Claire Kilkenny. Kenny boy got a, a straight red for it, is, it, was yes, bad, it was a bad hit, you know. Well, if we put it this way, like like if if, if young um oh if young Kingston had hit Adam Screeny the way he hit yeah. Egan, you know, yeah. I know we can smile about it now. But what would it done like? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like you know, like that that that's and that, you know, so you know, I know. That's not a tactic per se, but but it is because people are hitting with their body, they're using their body, they're tackling with their body, and you know there's a lot of good in how they're tackling. I just think we just as, as an association, we just need to have a conversation around where is the line now, and how are we going to police that line? Because I think that we're in danger of 
somebody getting a really bad one, Barry, before it's over, if I'm being honest. Yeah, no, you're right. I agree with you. 100%. 100%, yeah. Um, but the last thing I wanted to just chat about, Ronan, was just um, a lot of comment on Claire's efficiency. This, this mm. isn't about Claire Limerick, but they had a 52% conversion rate. Mm. And you know, so do you think, are we, are we saturating coaching with, with stats and stuff? Or is there, is there a place for stats in hurling? Absolutely. No, there's a place for any of you know, like as you know, you probably you know, as you know by himself, like I, I, I like that side of the game. I like the stats and stuff, you know. But, but it, it has to be of a purpose, you know. And I think mm. the other bit is that it doesn't. Again, when you're bringing it into the game context and the club context, it doesn't suit everybody because some players just aren't wired that way, you know. And you can maybe yeah. talk to them about their stats and they're looking at you to say, "What are you talking about?" While mm. other guys. Other guys love to know what their stats are, love to know how they're performing, and, and can be, you know, I think clips back and showing them what they did is far more powerful than saying you'd four turnovers or you'd four bad shots or whatever. You know, I, I think the other bit is that you know you need to be saying to the player, what asking them the question in that position, what could they have done differently? I think you know what will frustrate Brian Lohan the most about the 52%, I think, is that. An awful lot of those shots, Barry, weren't from bad positions. Yeah, that's the killer, you know, wasn't you know, it? That, that's the killer. You know, like, if, if they were all from, you know, way out the field and, you know, they were from bad positions, you'd be kind of saying, look, guys, your decision-making was poor there. Why did you take that shot on? But on, a, on, on at least four or five of the occasions that I can remember off the top of my head, the shot was the right option. And indeed, in many cases... It was a relatively easy point. You know, there was one in the first half, but it was it was a Taylor headed wide, you know, and he totally yeah, butchered. Yeah, 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 you know, totally butchered. Tony Kelly had a couple of shots where he was blocked, stroke, hit short, you know, <laughs> that on another day probably would have closed his eyes and put over the bar, you mm. know. So, you know, the, the 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 shot efficiency in that case probably doesn't tell the full story. So again, the stats become important, but only with context, if that makes sense, Barry, because the context there is that, lads, you know what, if I was Brian Lohan today or this week talking to the Clare lads, I'd be kind of accentuating all the positives because it did so many things right. Mm. Um, and in many ways, you know, what left them down was execution on relatively basic chances, you know? Yep, they had a couple of wild shots. So does everybody every game. You know, that's part of the people get caught up in it and that, mm. had the shot from, from 80 yards. But in many cases, they'd got they'd worked the ball into good positions. You know, David Fitzgerald had a very poor wide as well. You know that you know another day, nine times out of ten shot. You know, so like you have to be careful around saying, "Yep, their efficiency was poor," um, and it is something that needs addressed. But I think that it's it was execution in that case as opposed to decision making. While on another occasion, you know, you might have a shot efficiency of fifty five percent. And it's because your guys were all bananas and all shot from bloody eighty yards, and we're and we're driving you mad, you know, and 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 taking poor decisions on on the ball. But I think stats can really help inform, you know, performance and improvement in performance if used in the right manner, if used with video clips, and and if the right context is applied to them. I think you've also got to be mindful of who your target audience is. You know, I'm not sure bringing a set of stats into a junior club game in Cork or Tip or, or, or Down is necessarily the right thing. The players, number one, probably will will not be bought into it enough, Barry, if that makes yeah. sense. In terms of the game's not important enough to them to sit down that evening or sit down that night and watch six clips back and see, you know, what, you know. Um, but, you know, so you have to be very careful. I think you also have to be careful along the sideline in the day, on the day, of you know what stats are being given to you and how you're digesting them or whatever the case. Like I, like I, I would, I would argue for our own, from my own perspective on the down position. You know, if if you, me, and Sully couldn't see what's happening in front of us, I'm not sure a statistician is going to tell us it. You know, and, and, and you know, in terms, of, they may tell us where it's happening in a particular position or whatever the case may be. 
But I think when you've got experienced guys, they can see the ebb and the flow of the game. I don't think Brian Lowen needed a statistician to tell him that Kane Nolan was under pressure of Aaron Galan. I think everybody saw that. You know, yeah. I think I think what you're left there with is the human decision on the sideline of, well, have I got better to bring on? And secondly, if I make this decision now and I make it early, you know, do I destroy that young fella's confidence for the rest of the year? You know, that's the bit that the guy up in the stand and the guy in the tourists or whatever doesn't understand. The manager sometimes has to balance that up and has to be brave about that. And, you know, and like, listen, we had our own debates in it this year with Jordan and different, you know, like that, you know, sometimes you're going to, you have to kind of have that debate out. And sometimes you have to be brave enough to say, well, actually, I'm going to, I'm going to back him for that bit longer. Did it work out? Probably not. But, you know, um, I would, I would defy anybody to suggest that Brian Lowen didn't know there was a problem there at cornerback, but his thought process was probably slightly more nuanced than the guy that's going bananas up in the up in the Maggie stand, you know. Yeah, true. Um, ju- just before we finish, Ronan. Uh, oh, just on the stats. Um, yeah, <clears throat> I, 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 I lied to the. Um, I I love the stats. Love that part, of it, but. Not necessarily in game. I love it to help me plan a coaching session. That's what I use stats for personally as a coach. Mm-hmm. I think they're great. And uh, you know, the clips and the videos, you know, are, are great for players. But the stats, like um, not necessarily possessions, because it's it's what you do with the ball, isn't it? Isn't that what what the yeah. game? But yeah, I, I I think stats are I love them, but to inform my coaching, not necessarily about communicating to players, you know, because you, you can not, just, not you can fry, fry, fry their heads with, they have enough going on, you know, in their lives with all this info, but it's great info for, I think, for for us as as coaches and coaches. Managers, stuff like that, you know. Totally agree. Um, yeah. So, before we finish, who's going in win the All-Ireland, Ronan? <laughs> Who do I hope wins the All-Ireland? Or no. <laughs> do I think? What do you think? So um, I hope Clare win it. I think Clare can win it, depending on how they bounce back from the disappointment. Um, look, Limerick will have to remain favourites. You know, there's, there's no doubt about that. Um, you know, although I do think on any particular day, I think um, Tip, Kilkenny, Galway and Clare could all beat Limerick in a one-off match. I don't think all four of those teams could then go on to win the All-Ireland, by the way. But I do think they could kind of beat them on on their day. I don't think Limerick are the impregnable machine they were um, a couple of years ago. Um, but I think you know one thing. You know, Limerick are probably in the in the in this scenario now where, like all great teams, where they're almost winning games on experience and their ability to manage games and manage tight games and and see that those games out. And I've often said, and I remain convinced of this, that the most important cog in that Limerick team is Declan Hannan. I think his the calmness he brings to it, the leadership he brings to it, etc. Um, I think he will be the one immeasurable loss to Limerick when he moves on and when he decides to move on. I think, you know, what's very interesting with the very, the last couple of games, you've actually seen him come off before the end of the game. You know, which probably is a sign that the legs are maybe not there in the same way or whatever the case may be. Um, and I think that gives a chink of light and a chink of hope to all teams. But I think that, uh, yeah, I think Limerick are the favourites. I think Clare remain the dark horses for me. Yeah, Hannon is just a magical player. He's the best quarterback in Hurling. Unbelievable player. Yeah, I, I, I think Clare are going to do it. I still, I still think they're they're good enough to do it. Yeah. Um he'd be clearing him a final again. You know, like you look at Claire yeah, Bruce, right? Dublin is, Dublin should be fabulous thing. What? Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um no Dublin Dublin should beat Carlo. And I think that Claire play Dublin, then mm. if they get over Dublin, they play Kilkenny. I think they're a better yeah. team than Kilkenny. And I think it's just uh I think that, I think they'll do it. Limerick can grow Claire Limerick final in Crow Park. If they turn up, like they were very disappointing against Kilkenny last year, like they were. Yeah, I, I don't think I don't think it'll that'll happen this year. 
No, I tell, I'll tell you something else. I tell you, and I know that I might eat my words a wee bit in this. I expect Dublin to beat Carlo, but I think Carlo will give them plenty of it. Yeah, and I think Offaly will give Tip Penty of it uh, on Saturday. I think mm. they will. Um, I, would, I think win. Carlo, Carlo will. Carlo, like I, I think, I think Dublin will get scores at the, at the at the far end of the field, but I think those Carlo forwards will will give Dublin all they want of it. Definitely, like you know? they're, they're playing like yeah, Mark, Mouse Cavanagh, Paddy Boland, geez, they're they're savage players, aren't they? They will oh, yeah. give Dublin loads of it. Yeah, like Dublin, like the Carlo have probably got three, four, four, three or four forwards there that are definitely McCarthy standard forwards, no doubt yeah. about it. You know, um. And you know, like people probably know Mouse well, and you know, they'll know the Mouse will be always be the name. No, but James Doyle's a super hurter, he's back this, you know, mm. and, and you can see the difference he made to, to Carlo when he's back. You know, awfully, um, yeah, I think I think awfully will 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 go all out to put it up to tip. I just think tip of a bit of a point to prove after the last, you know, I think I think if tip had beaten Waterford, um, they'd obviously been in the monster final and, and it'd mm. been a different kind of you know, but I, I think tip are out to prove a point now. And, on Saturday, which makes him a bit of a dangerous beast to, to, to for 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 Offaly to face. Um, I think if Tip get a run, that that, that one could turn ugly, you know, in terms yeah. of score. You know? well, yeah, yeah, I, I, I fancy Tip, but um, Offaly will, will will definitely give us loads of it. Last question: Hurler of the year so far. Oh, geez, that's a hard one. Hurler of the year so far. Um, I'll give you mine, Ryan Ryan Taylor, player. Yeah, yeah, good choice. And he's been unbelievable. Um, I, I know Tom Morrissey's been excellent, but like Ryan Taylor has been unbelievable player. Um, I I really like the look of young. I don't think he's not necessarily not necessarily player of the year, but I really like the look of your young lad, uh, Tyne in the midfield for um for Tipperary. Yeah, so, yeah. impressed with him now. He's been yeah, he's been very in, good in and out. Like 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 he said himself, you know, like he 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 said he was a bit nervous the first day against Clare, yeah. but he was brilliant oh, against Cork. You know, we were we were watching that. Yeah, no, he's definitely he's a he's a player that's impressed me. Um, I think in terms of the way he's heading and his trajectory, um, Galan could easily be uh, could be player of the year oh, before this. Without a doubt, I think yeah. Look, if whoever wins the All Ireland, if it's Limerick, I'd say it'd be Galan or Morrissey, and if it's Clare, I think it'd be Taylor or Taylor. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, um, but I just think Galan, you know, both the last couple of games have been very, very good. Class player. Unbelievable. Excellent. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Look, we'll stuck leave the, it at that. You should have stuck um, to the junior soccer and Adam would have kept us all right. Huh? You should have stuck to the junior soccer when it kept Oh, yeah. Make our lives a lot easier. <laughs> yeah. Um, look, we'll leave it at that for yeah. the, the Locker Room podcast. Um, Ronan, thanks a minute for coming along. No bother. Um, really appreciate your time and uh, sure we'll. We'll talk soon. We'll talk soon. No bother, bye. Take it easy, bye.